folks. We're doing a supremely Canadian movie this week on Cathode Ray Mission. It is I, Randy, in Oklahoma City and coming to you live via satellite, as always, in Berkeley, California. We have Will Scoville. How's it going, Will? Pretty good. How are you doing, Randy? I'm doing well. That was a, you know... Sort of a weird intro, but we made it. We're in. We're <laughs> into the show. Welcome to Cathode Ray Mission. Um, this week we're discussing a movie that I was very, very, very into uh, about ten years ago. That I was pleased to discover I still enjoy. Uh, Trailer Park Boys, the movie. Ivan Reitman presents. Yeah. Trailer Park Boys, the movie. The big Will, Ghostbuster himself. You have, you tell your, you want, what, whose history should go first? Mine's long and extensive and yours is a, a short but, tale, I believe. Yeah, let me go first because it's, mine is very short. Uh, Trailer Park Boys, I have been aware of for a long time and have watched the pilot maybe six or seven times. Couldn't ever really... Get into it. The, like, the pilot, do you mean you watched the original hour-long black-and-white short film or no, the, the pilot, TV The pilot TV show. series. Okay, okay. Yeah, first episode of the TV series. I think it's called Take Your Little Gun and Get Out of Here. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yes, it and, is. And uh, so I've watched that several times. I thought I got it. I was just kind of like, man, I don't know. I wonder if this gets better the more I watch it, but do I want to really take the time and get into a TV series like that that doesn't really capture me at the very beginning. It's the same problem I had with Star Trek The Next Generation where people are like, yeah, by season three, and I'm like, that's 24 episodes a season, three seasons, that's like 75 hours or so, less than 75 hours, 45-minute episodes, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's a huge commitment before it starts getting good. Um, that's, I feel like, I mean, not to go on a complete tangent, but that's underselling TNG. Like the first. Oh, episode, oh, most definitely. I'm well beyond. Yeah, I'm well beyond season three now. But like, I it, it was a struggle to get going. But once I did, I, like, I'm glad I watched all those episodes. Now I moved to tears when Bones shows up and talks to Data. <laughs> like seriously, I mean, it, it's. Just I moved like, to tears when Joe Piscopo shows up and shows Data how to do stand-up comedy. Does, does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it does. I think it's in like, that holodeck in season two or something. It's okay. Uh, that I vaguely <laughs> that seems like it's ringing a distant bell for me. <laughs> Terrific show. I mean. That's part of the history. I know a little bit about that, that just because it's uh, when Paramount was like in the late 80s, they decided to take their two most bankable properties and spin off TV shows. And so they did Star Trek The Next Generation and Friday the 13th, the series mm -hmm. concurrently were released with a equal amount of expectation for. So, like, have you have you seen Friday the Thirteenth the series? Yeah, they would show it occasionally after Saturday Night Live. It has the same kind of freedom at, of storyline and production value as mm -hmm. early uh, Next Generation and stuff. Like, there's like a, a noir episode, you know? Oh, okay. well, not, it's not. It's it's. I think it's Dracula, but and then Star Trek does like a black and white noir episode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like there's echoes of 
the same thing. It's, it's great. It has nothing to do with the movie series. Yeah, I, I remember it, I've, uh, two episodes I remember are a boy befriends a ghost in a house, but in order for the ghost to remain, he has to kill. Mm. And um, the other one was that this guy gets a secret medallion so that he can become um, a rock star Yeah, uh, that he idolizes. Well, yeah, the premise... Sorry, go ahead. Go. Well, yeah, the premise is a lot more like kind of x files where it's people who have like an occult bookshop or something. Yeah, well, that's... The, okay, here's what it is. It's like this man who owns this curio shop of myster- mysterious items, which is kind of like in The Conjuring and then in real life that those that husband and wife, they have that museum of cursed objects or whatever. It's, it's like fucking very much like that. Mm-hmm. But he dies at the very beginning, and it's will do these two people who are like, there's like sexual tension between them, but they're cousins and they've never yeah. met before. And you'll you you fall in love with the characters, dude. I, I actually love the show. Um, and they so in the like opening half of the first episode, they're like, fuck it, let's just get rid of all this stuff. And they have this, like, in deep discount bargain sale and sell oh. everything in the store. And then this dude shows up and he's like, I was your grandfather's uh, best friend. Where's all the cursed stuff? And it's like, we sold it. And he's like, oh, no. Now we have to retrieve every item because everything you've sold is, like, possessed by the devil, basically. And so that's the, the premise of the rest of the show. Is, uh, um, each episode revolves around a cursed object that they sold at the very beginning. And, man, there is an episode that David Cronenberg wrote and directed that is, like, fucking amazing. He uses this guy he uses in bit parts in, like, his early movies, Robert Silverman. The bald guy who has he has a real weird voice and he talks like he he seems like a true intellectual yeah. that David Cronenberg met somewhere like he's some weirdo like just like super smart but like really unrelatable weird guy who yeah. like is actual he's like real but he's in the movie he uses him to be like the guy who has this glove that basically he can like touch somebody that has cancer and then take the cancer on into the glove and then touch a different person and transfer it. Oh shit. And that's like the power of it and stuff. And it's man, like, it's terrific. I highly recommend everyone check out the David Cronenberg episode of Friday the 13th, the series. So I imagine that, that this series was intended to go directly into syndication in the same way that like Star Trek next generation was. Cause that was the 13th. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was shown like back to back. Like it's okay. like, yeah, they were rolled out at the same time. Okay. So did, did that show up in like in Oklahoma? Cause I, again, only remember seeing, um, Friday the 13th, the series occasionally after Saturday night live. Um, which is, I don't, I remember seeing it on like the sci-fi channel Okay, like after, because, I mean, I would have been, like, five. Yeah. So, like, it would have been 88, 89. Yeah. And it was... So I wasn't, like, jacked in. I know my dad was super jacked in on uh, next... Well, not super jacked in, but definitely, like, checking out the news. Oh, Star Trek's coming back? You know, yeah, like, my, mo- my mom was, like, too, when, when yeah, that happened. Like, then I also watched Reading Rainbow, and, and LeVar Burton had a thing about the making of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a sticker of him as Jordy on my bedpost. Like, oh, really? Little little kid. It was like this older kid gave it to me. But yeah, like, 
And then, yeah, my parents, the only time my parents ever were like, it's cheaper for us to take you to this instead of getting a babysitter and we just want to go was when Undiscovered Country came out. My dad just like, he wanted to see the new Star Trek movie and like we all went and it was, it was awesome. You know, I wish that would have happened more, honestly, just like whole family going in. Yeah. Yeah. But also like it, it wasn't, it was always me instigating watching movies and yeah. stuff, you know? That was like a key moment where it was like my dad was like, we're all going to serve my mom and my dad. We're both just like, we all want to, like, me and me and your dad are going to go see this and you have to just come. And we'll, yeah. and the way they're explained to you what Star Trek is, uh, they did. And I had a gr- I loved that movie. Well, my mom's always, the country's he- awesome. My mom always seemed to find the movies that she knew I would enjoy. So we, we went, she got to get us tickets to an early screening of like Roger Rabbit and UHF. And the first two Die Hard movies. So mm-hmm. I got to see all those movies early with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my dad would get like a bug up his ass and say, he, my boy needs to go see these movies. So he dragged me to go see uh, Bram Stoker's, uh, Stoker's Dracula and Michael Mann's, uh, Michael Mann's Last of the Mohicans, uh, which I... Again, uh, Last of the Mohicans was very cool to see that um, on the big screen. The fact that I was able to go see both those movies in their original releases, which yeah, like, dude, I think Dracula is one of the most visually amazing movies ever. In my, I love that version, Francis Ford Coppola. I do Dracula. too. Like, and that's amazing that you got to see it in theaters, dude. Yeah, like original like, release, and just I was like, hey, that's. Ted from Bill and Ted. Hey, that's, uh, um, what's her name from Beetlejuice? Uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. And I'm, exactly. like, and I'm exactly. like, I'm in, I'm, I'm buckled in. Is that Carrie Elwes in it too? It's like, uh, Princess Bride. And then Men in Tights was right around. There. He's, yeah. I think well, Carrie Elwes is one of the suitors. I might be wrong about that. I can't remember that, but anyway, um, anyway, so the movie that we're re- re- reviewing and let's get into your, uh, or do we even get into my trailer park boys? Oh no, yeah, I we, watched it. Yeah, you just like couldn't get into. It. Yeah, and then, like you were comparing it to Star Trek, and then we went yeah down that road. So you know, yeah, and I still have not gone and watched it, but that might change. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and I think I think the first season, it's good. I mean, like all TV shows, the first season's like going to be the crudest one, but I. I personally don't think that it's bad at all. I think it's good, and you get into the flow of what the show is. It's only like five episodes, too. Mm-hmm. It's like really, sh- it's Canadian. It's more, it's more akin to like British rules and stuff, and they don't ever go over like 12. I might be wrong about that, but I don't think any season is longer than 12 episodes. I think they're mostly like 10 episodes, yeah. honestly. But anyway... Um, so my history with it is like a friend had been telling me about it for like a year or so. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I was just like, you know, this is like the age of like Reno 911 and mm. shit like this. And it just seemed like with the name like Trailer Park Boys too. Okay. This is one of the things I love about it is that it's Canadian as it has a much different sensibility um, than an American TV show does. But when you're an American and you're like a show is called Trailer Park Boys, especially in that era, like 04 or 03 mm. or whenever it was first introduced to it, I assumed it would be mean 
mean-spirited. I thought it would be like Squidbillies kind of mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, or uh, I know you've probably seen this movie, Trailer Town, uh, the Giuseppe Andrews trauma movies. I have definitely seen Trailer Town. <laughs> I think there's a... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think there That's, is a, a little yeah. bit of humanity in Trailer Town too, but Trailer Town is very... Yes. I... <laughs> Although at the time I was way more interested in Trailer Town. Oh, oh yeah, I, I would show like, that movie to people. That I think I think I, I think you and I watched that together. <laughs> yeah, maybe like in that'd be like oh four. I was finding out about Trailer Town and was very into that and Giuseppe Andrews, Who Flung Poo, Period yeah. Peace, like all of his watched a good good handful of his movies and then. Did you watch? I'm sure you, you're a Rifkin fan, so you've seen Giuseppe makes a movie, right? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I know he was on, working with Rifkin for a while, but I haven't seen that one. Man, it's on Amazon, and it's a documentary that was shot like years ago, but uh, Adam Rifkin made it, and it's just about Giuseppe. It's like behind the scenes. Oh, wow. And he was living there with his dad. He's like vehemently straight edge. He like, there's like, it's very interesting. He's vegan and stuff. Wow. I, it's, it's very... It's very interesting. I, I should check that out because, like, it was weird. My mom texted me. It was like, uh, have you seen this movie? And it was that movie that Rifkin did with uh, Burt Reynolds uh, that came out. Oh, yeah. I right never, before he died. I didn't see it. I'd like it. to watch that. It's like the last lad now. That's yeah, the last it's, movie star or something. Um, it is the last something, yeah. I don't know. Adam Rifkin's one of those guys where it's like, I'm not a huge fan of it. Of his, it's just that he comes out with a movie every few years, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he did those other few yeah. weird movies that I just keep running into. The the Dark Backward is maybe his yeah. most creative, but... That's his best movie, for sure. But he also did that uh, Detroit Rock City, which is the Kiss movie, which mm-hmm. for a guy who cannot stand Kiss, I, I like that movie an awful lot. It's the probably the best thing Kiss, aside from... No, actually, I think Role Models is the best... Kiss infomercial movie. Have oh, you seen boy. Role Models? I haven't seen it all the way through. Um, it's not like Detroit Rock City is like kind of like by title. It's built around them going to a Kiss concert and mm-hmm. thus has Kiss songs and stuff. But Role Models, like the st- st- Stifler's character, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Adam, Sean William Scott. Yeah. He talks about Kiss through the whole movie. And then at the end, they dress like Kiss while they LARP because they have to form a new team, spur of the moment. I do love that movie. I'm a big David Wayne fan. That's so weird because, like, after The State, um, a lot of members of of that show um, did, a like, a one-season sketch comedy show on VH1, and I forgot the name of it, but I saw an episode, and it was a recruitment video for the Kiss Army, uh, treating it like a, you know, it was supposed to be, like, a rock and roll-themed sketch comedy show, so... Mm. They did like a recruitment video for like join the Kiss Army, see the world, and all that shit. So that's another day, and it was David Wayne dressed up, you know, with <laughs> and everything. So I mean, I I know we're just drifting further and further away from where we're trying to be, but I got to complete this point. I I recently rewatched all the David Wayne movies except for an awkward gesture or whatever the fuck that the new the the, the history of. National Lampoon's that movie. Yeah, I think that movie is an outlier. I like that one. That one had I d- Thomas Lennon as uh, um, 
I forgot his name. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does have all the, like, and I liked Joe McHale doing Chevy Chase's fun and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I should go back to it, but I watched, like, the core, the ones basically that he's either written with Ken Marino or Michael Showalter, like, and, man, I just, I love them all. Like, I think Wet Hot American Summer is, like, the one that everyone considers a classic, but I would... Also say, I think They Came Together is on the level of Wet Hot American Summer in terms yeah, of just, like, making me cry laughing. Here's the thing about that movie. Um, after Wet Hot American Summer, and I think they had done Role, role Models too. Um, I was working for SF Sketchfest, and I did a show that was a table read of They Came Together before that movie ever got made. And so I ran sound for that, and I was there with, like, Chris Maloney, Paul Rudd, uh, basically the whole cast of that movie, uh, and some of the people from Wet Hot American Summer as well, all at a table reading that script. One of the funniest things I had ever heard in my life, uh, Paul Rudd breaking at the point where he tells his grandma he wants to fuck her. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. That might be on a DVD somewhere, um, that that exact show. but um, uh, I'd love to fucking take and, Take a peek at that. And so the movie comes out and I go and I see it and I'm excited for it. And I had been upset that I did not enjoy the 10. Um, I like the 10. I think the 10 is a dark horse. I I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. And so I was kind of like, I don't know if I like that. And I saw they came together and I'm like, this was so much funnier at the table read. I don't know. They did all the jokes. They're all there. But then I watched They Came Together again a few weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, this is great. This, okay. is, this is like, this is firing on all cylinders. This is exactly like the same thing they did at the table read. This is great. So I'm wanting to re- watch the 10 again and see if I get it this time. And if I. I think you should, man. It's definitely the meanest movie, but it's like, it has, it's so like deliciously absurd. And it, it's very um, meaning of life. Kind of mm-hmm. like it feels like kind of a Gen X meaning, a Gen X American meaning of life or yeah. something. Uh, and it also reminds me a lot of. Um, are you a David Sedaris fan at all? A bit, yeah. Like his first collection was uh, fiction short stories. It's called Barrel Fever, and it's a lot of it is like it's almost like epistolary where it's just letters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's <clears throat> extremely like dark comedic vision of suburban America. And I don't know, for some reason I've always associated that book with the movie, the 10. And I think, mm. you know, I don't know, good companion pieces, but I like, I like Wonderlust too. I don't know. I think it's good stuff. Anyway, my history with the trailer park boys. Well, I, uh, put it off for a while, but then, uh, my ex, uh, she had, a relatives in Canada and so we went up there a couple times over the course of our relationship and one of the times we went up there for Christmas we were in a motel this is we were like I don't know 24 25 we got a motel you could smoke in because <laughs> we were both just like defiant cigarette smokers at the time smoking lots of cigarettes at the time and um, we were in Ottawa Canada and we watched we were like got snowed in at that motel and we watched there was a marathon of trailer park boys it was the christmas special 
the hour-long finale at the time, it was the finale called Say Goodnight to the Bad Guys, and then the movie. And I think we like came in halfway through in the movie, and I was like, oh, this is that show. Canadian TV, by the way, everybody, we'll get into it about some of the lame music drops and stuff. I will justify them to maybe Will or to the listener, but Canadian TV, it's like, God bless them. I mean, I, I wish to fucking Christ I was Canadian. Like, we were all, we had, <laughs> all of us were born, and, you know, I mean, I don't want my parents or anything like that to change, but it would have been nice to have been born in Canada, I think, instead of America, especially mm. these days. Uh, but, uh, Fucking, uh, they're lame, you know, their music is lame, their TV is lame, there's something weird about, uh, and, like, for everything that's good that comes out of Canada, there's, like, tons of stuff that you would, like, laugh at. That said, there's a lot of bad American stuff, but mm-hmm. we just have, like, more of an edge, like, I think... It, it, uh, Canada, to stuff, me, Canada, to sorry. me, always seems to be, like, seven or eight years behind, maybe even, like, a decade behind, um, uh, like, where we are. And it seems, it's weird. Um, yeah. But it's also, they're more, the education system is better there. Mm-hmm. And that really shows, I think, you know, in other yeah. ways. Like, they're they're very, because, like, it's sort of like Bare Naked Ladies is, like, a good example. Of, mm-hmm. Like, their music is, like, fucking terrible, and I hate it. But they're really clever <laughs> and stuff at the same yeah. time. Like in a way that like blew everyone in America's mind when he did one week, you know, I think that that's, that's maybe a great example of like how lame Canada is, but also how superior their education system is. To yeah. Ours. But anyway, um, so, but there's a lot of th- good things about, I mean, there's a lot of great things about Canada and Canadian film and tell there's a lot of great TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I was just captivated by it. And then we talked to her, uh, her, her cousins the next day, it was like Christmas time. And, um, they were like, Oh yeah, we love, and they were quoting it. You know I mean? It's like, it's a big deal in Canada yeah. and for good reason. So I, I came back, I got obsessed with it. I think I was watching it on, shitty streaming like you know crazy questionable streaming sites and stuff and then i like you know i i ended up for my birthday i got uh so like either my mom or my ex she got got me like the complete set it was like on dvd you know seasons one through seven because initially the show ended I'll, i'll come back to that in a second but i was just i was super obsessed with it i don't i it's a Talk about, like, worlds and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you get so... It's so rich and detailed. It's very... It's on the level of uh, Springfield or, mm-hmm. like, Newbridge for any of my best show fans out there or, you know... Like, it's just, like... It's a full... Like... I mean... If you watch the show... This movie, okay, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I almost don't even know where to begin because, like, I it's something I got kind of out of because they came back, all right, I mean, the history of the Trailer Park Boys, before they came back, it was supposed to end on season five, I believe, and then they were, like, convinced to come back for season six, and they really, I'm telling you, you'll watch it. Like, season six is, like, 
such a beautiful ending. If they would have just stopped, it would have been perfect. But then they yeah. came back for season seven, which brings back some weird elements that like fans are super divided on, like this puppet that Bubbles has and like mm. like really weird stuff. But it's still pretty good. And that was the final season for a while. And then they tried to do like a different show, the three of them without the creator, but the mm. three actors called the the happy fun on drunken on drugs hour or something like yeah. that. And it was like fucking terrible. And they also did this thing called SwearNet, mm-hmm. which is not good. And so then they like Netflix basically it was on Netflix and it was so successful that they were like brought back and they've yeah. done seasons upon seasons since that I I watched a little bit of it and I'm just not I just I loved it so much at the time I think it when it's it's like created in this weird bubble like in Nova Scotia for fucking Canadian television mm-hmm. like and not to be like one of those people like well it was way better before you know whatever but I think it, it was honestly like at some point the creator leaves like so it's just the tone shifts and yeah. stuff. And a lot of what I liked about the early seasons and stuff is just like there is like this versus like the American equivalent would be, say, Eastbound and Down, which is one of the like, I love Eastbound and Down, but it's like one of the meanest shows oh, yeah. ever. And this, there's like a real, like a kindness to these characters, mm-hmm. even though they like, hate each other. Well, they don't hate, they don't hate each other. That's, I guess that's the point. They just like are extremely disrespectful to one another yeah, and stuff. And they butt heads in very outrageous and crazy ways, but there's never like hate behind it. And you really get that a lot more in the, like in, I thought it was in the movie, but it didn't happen in the movie, but in the show, like doing like, I think it's season six, like where it should have ended. Jim is Jim Leahy, the drunk guy who like, is like the dictator of the um, the trailer park or the Wiley Coyote kind of yeah. to Ricky's Roadrunner. Um, he's like, he expresses that he needs to quit drinking and Ricky sincerely like helps him. He's like, well, if you want to quit drinking, why don't you just start smoking weed? I mean, he does it in his own way, but yeah. he is like, there's moments all throughout the show where they all recognize that they're like a family and the show never, it's never a joke about how they're poor or anything. Mm. It's really, it's just making these people who live in a trailer park, main characters of a show and they're like rascals, but yeah, like it's not. And the joke is they are dumb as hell, but they all like have big hearts and stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. like, fuck, it's like, it's such a good show. And movie. I, I think the movie is a great distillation of the powers of like the first you know what this just to get you into the show it's to those who haven't seen the show the movie is a great place to start yeah and i so kind of like back on me where i tried to watch that pilot like over and over tried to figure something out that i that could kind of fling me further along into the series and it wasn't until i saw this movie where maybe about halfway through you know they get out of prison um where they're at prison, they're in prison for a very short period of time in the movie, you know, after doing this thing. And um, I'm like, okay, I can see where a prison, you know, their time in prison could be three or four episodes, you know, where they tell this prison storyline and then they leave and they get out 
or maybe even a, an entire season where Step in Prison, you know, uh, takes like well, this longer arc or whatever. Um, and then that kind of, and then you know, they kind of get the plan for the big dirty, uh, which is the the, the central storyline I think of this. And that's a movie. funny phrase too. I the still big dirty. I smile when they say like the big dirty and shit. And he's like, "How'd you get your name, Cadillac?" He's like, "Cause I drive straight, I run smooth." And what it, it's like that. I love that actor. He's like, it's a small actor that gives Julian the idea in prison. This yeah, guy named Cadillac. And he's like talking about the big dirty and stuff. yeah. And they keep so, talking about the big dirty. The big dirty is stealing change, mostly from uh, parking meters, but. Well, the big uh, dirty is stealing the big the, the, globe of change. The big globe of change, it's born uh, which, from the, the change idea, which yeah. is uh, Julian sees at uh, at a movie theater full of loonies yeah. and toonies. <laughs> well, let me let me just uh, back up real quick and tell you, like the um, yeah, full of loonies and toonies. I love it's so thoroughly Canadian. Yeah, but um. Uh, to back up, the arc of each season always is they're out of jail and they're back and they like try to go. St- usually they try to go straight and they can't do it. And so they have they like go back like at first they have a bad idea and then they're like, no, we need to go straight. And then they fail and they have to go more into it. And they and the show has like a lot more guns and stuff. And oh, they. Really? But they they actually do it well. Like I mean, it's crazy, but they like Sarah and Lucy and stuff are like kind of in the background, being like like talking about how how fucking stupid they are, <laughs> you know, for like using guns and shit. Yeah. And um, but anyway, um, the arc basically it always ends with them going to jail or some variation of some. Like, I think there's one season where just Bubbles goes to jail. And then sometimes Bubbles doesn't, it's like the two of them go to jail. Sometimes Mr. Leahy, like one time I think Mr. Leahy and Randy go to jail. And like, there's one season where it ends where Ricky becomes the supervisor of the park (laughs) and stuff. And Mr. Leahy goes to jail and shit. And then... Like when it begins in the next season, it's like apocalypse now, and he's like built this wall, like with like cars and stuff, like a oh, trash funny. wall, and he has like, <laughs> um, like a, a huge weed crop and stuff. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So I mean, it's the show. The movie gives you like a. It does. It does a good thing where like in a movie, you know, where they give you a small, a small taste. And then they give you the big, the big dirty, you know, yeah. the big thing. And so like sort of the beginning of the movie where they're robbing the ATM would be sort of like the end of a season or mm-hmm. something. And then they go to jail. Like At the end, they go to jail and they talk about how they're in jail and stuff. And so there's never like full episodes where they're at jail. And the warden character is only for this movie. And I love, or the guard. Yeah. The dude, like, man, that guy is so great in this movie. The the just the whole like, you know, Ricky goes to jail and he's like, yeah, man, I love it here, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah, they love jail. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like having a good time, and he's like, yeah, we're letting you out of jail early. No, come on, man, we got the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this time about like getting let out of jail. He keeps like owning that dude and stuff, and like, it's great, man, because Ricky is like. 
you watch the show, he's like really uneducated and like he says like super dumb stuff and he's always like he's fucking inebriated it like hard, but he's super like clever mm-hmm. and they they give you a big taste. Yeah, I mean at the end at the courtroom and then early on when he's talking to the cops, that happens a lot throughout the series where he's like Sometimes he doesn't work, but sometimes he'll get them out of, like, insane thing where they're, like, clearly guilty. He'll, yeah. like, somehow get them out of it by just being, like, alpha, being, like, the <laughs> alpha in the situation. And, like, you know, like, I know you're you're not stupid, right? You're a good cop. So, like, yeah. you know, like, we're just trying to, you're going to make us lose our jobs here, man. Yeah. And he's just, like, I mean, and I think that's uh, Rush's Alec Lifeson, I believe. I might be... Confusing that as the cop he plays, a, yeah, he plays a cop, and maybe it's the second one where he's the cop. I don't really know. Like, I'm not a huge Rush fan, but yeah. I think that was him, maybe. But anyway, so the movie Trailer Park Boys, the movie, it begins with them robbing an ATM. They go to jail. This dude Cadillac gives Julian, Julian. Like, if you don't know anything about the Trailer Park Boys, it's like three dudes, Ricky who is like the dude who he's like the loudmouth, the guy we were talking about, who's sort of like a Bugs Bunny-esque <laughs> character, but he's like really fucking stupid. But he's also like, he has like a huge heart. Like you, you love Ricky. And I also, I think it's a shame they could never figure out how to break him out of this. Cause I think Rob Wells is like a excellent actor, man. I, I think he's really fucking good in this movie. I mean, the only thing that I I had seen him in prior to this is when that movie Hobo with a Shotgun came out. Uh, he's in the beginning of that movie playing yeah. essentially Ricky. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done a lot, really. I mean, but there's like, he just, he sells it, man. Like you, like he just, I don't know. There's like that scene where he and Lucy are in the backseat of the car and shit. And like, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I just think he's very he's very good in this. Yeah. I mean, he it's just, you know, whatever character that he was able to kind of like channel and do it successfully, but I don't know, it sounds like maybe <laughs> they would want to do something else and not just kind of be pigeonholed into the, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but like yeah, for such a ridiculous character, he really you really feel for him and bub like all of them, you know. Yeah. Like you really like I mean, I I find it actually like really moving sometimes. Like I think the end of this is like just such like a I don't know, just like I, I'm very touched by this movie. <laughs> like honestly, it really it warms my. It's a good makes me feel good. You know, yeah. like it's a really good movie. It does. I mean, it does really feel like a happy ending at the very end, um, with kind of everything working out uh, the way that it does, and Ricky going back to jail is a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, you know? it, like the last line is like. I'm leaving jail, a married man. I'm retired, so now all I have to do is grow weed and hang out with my family. Yeah. It's like, it's it's awesome. I yeah. Love it. Uh, well, very cool. I think we're at about uh, a good point to take a break. And oh, are we? I don't even feel like we've even talked about what the movie's about. But I think we, I, I mean, we it's, it is a lot of stuff. So let's go ahead and take a well, break I mean, and then we'll come back and all discuss right, we'll a little bit We'll talk about more. Cool. I need to grab another beer. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. 
Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at SupDoc Podcast. Welcome back to CRM. The big roundup, question mark? It seems Big R, myself, Thought we maybe should discuss a few things real quick before we got into it. But you know what? I think we can do it within the big roundup. So I am fully initiating the big roundup. Well, but I'll start off by giving my review. I the can I am I am very even though I was like ragging on Canada and like the their like the art that they produce and stuff, mm. I am very obsessed. We earlier had a really early episode that we did on Chloe. Um, which is an Adam McGowan movie, and I've seen since that. I think Criterion had all this like cool old Adam McGowan stuff. Up. Yeah. Did you watch any of that? I didn't one? watch any of that, but I like uh, what was that? Next to Kin was up, um, and then Exotica was up, I think. And I almost yeah. watched it, but I didn't. I mean, Exotica is fantastic movie. Um, Sweet Hereafter. Yeah. But his early stuff, he actually also directed, um, I think it's Cupid's Arrows, the episode of Friday 13th, the series. Oh, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, Adam McGoyan, Cronenberg, I mean, I love uh, the work of Bruce McDonald, Don McKellar. Like, they made a great show called Twitch City that's sort of Canada's answer to Spaced. You oh, know? okay. Um, and they've made a lot of movies together, um, Roadkill, Highway 61. And then Bruce McDonald made one of my all-time favorite movies, Hardcore Logo. Have you oh, ever seen okay. that? I haven't seen that. I know what that is, though. Well, the main character of that is Hugh Dillon. He's the lead singer of this band called Headstands, which they're like Canadian alt-rock. They're like the Canadian STP or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Know. Maybe that's not fair. But he's the star of Hardcore Logo, and he plays... The owner of the strip club in this movie. Okay. And he was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Genie Awards for this movie. Wow. For this huh. role, which is crazy, but okay. that's true. Which, you know, I, I 
I want to say that character served his function, but I don't. I lo- oh, I love him, dude. You, I I mean, you have to wa- you have to watch Hardcore Logo, dude, and then okay. rewatch the, this movie. I mean, I don't know if you ever rewatch Trailer Park. This movie, the appreciation will just grow and grow because being sort of. Sort of a fake mockumentary, but they sort of abandon it, but then come back to it. Yeah. Like, but there's a lot of ad- little things in there that you'll notice more and more, like the more you watch it, yeah. all these little details. And same with the show, too. The show is more true to the documentary-style present pre- uh, presentation. But um, I just love... I think this movie is just Canada to its bone in a way that really... I love Slings and Arrows is another thing I wanted to bring up. But anyway, like, and even down to like, there's some things that in it that I think are like kind of lame. Like when the cops show up in a helicopter and it cuts into like the worst version of I fought the law you've ever yeah. heard in your life. I, I laughed and was like, oh, that's unfortunate at first. But then I was like, but you know what? I mean, this is like pure, the good and the bad Canada Alt rock, like you know, this is this is something they would be like. Yes, this is good, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like terrible. There's like three tragically hip songs in it. Yeah, it ends with a tragically hip uh, song, and Which that I is, love that. I love that song. It is <laughs> that that is very Canadian. It's like uh, extremely Canadian. It's like like them and Midnight Oil or something. Uh, I don't know if they're Canadian, but I always assume they're Midnight Oil is Australian. Oh, okay. But it's like, yeah, it's like, it's sort of like operatic, like REM, but like with like kind of like an opera. Yeah. Style. I don't know. It's, uh, it's something, I don't really like all Tragically Hip, but like the, the final song, Bob Cajun is like, it's a pretty good song. And uh, they are like the the Beatles of Canada. Oh, are they really? So like yeah, I mean they're like they're a big, big, big important thing. And he died of brain cancer like a few years ago. Oh really? The singer did Gord Downey. Yeah. So wow. but um anyway, I just I don't know. I if you're fascinated with that, it's set in Nova Scotia too. It's just like it's a real interesting kind of like a cultural thing because like okay here's something that I really wanted to get to before I give you my final review which I tell you will be high is that what I love about Trailer Park Boys is that and we talked about it we touched on it a little bit but like it's just like it's so nice like at the end of the day it's all about uplifting everybody and being friends and stuff and like it's just like it has it completely lacks any cynicism that would be in an American TV. And you watch it in the, even in the TV show. And this has changed since it's been on Netflix. That's why I don't really like it anymore. But there's just, like, such an incredible humanity to the show that, like, will, like, kind of move you, like, mm-hmm. unexpectedly. Like, I mean, I don't know. This movie captures that a lot. But, like, I think further in the TV show, it's just, like, there's just something there's just something really great about it and man I'm just now remembering there's an animated series because the guy yeah, I was gonna Mr. bring that Leahy up too died. that shit is like that's like that shit is gone it's gone full boondock saints like just like it's just it's bad it's I really hate it I really hate it I'd prefer to not even think about it and not pretend like it doesn't exist honestly but I I will swear by this movie 
And then the next seven, the first seven seasons are pretty good. And then, I mean, results vary with the the sequel to this is like the darkest chapter of the Trailer Park Boys. It has like, has a lot more like guns and stuff in it. And it just ends on a really sour, like, dark note and stuff. And it's like, wow. You know, like, nobody dies, but it's still just like... Yeah. It's sort of more like a nihilistic version of this. And, like, at the end, it's like, nothing will ever get better. I'm just in prison again. And it's like, okay. And there's a third movie I've never watched. But this movie, Trailer Park Boys, the movie, will, to you, I'm saying I will give this... Uh, f- four stars. <laughs> four stars. Okay, for me, for coming into this, for having it be the thing that finally allowed me to understand what the hell the, the Trailer Park Boys are all about, uh, and have it like fully gel for me for the first time. Uh, because of that, and for being like, especially in the last half of the movie, being really funny and really enjoyable, I'm gonna give this four stars as well. Um, so yeah, just, uh, I was thinking like maybe three and a half, but no, I really enjoyed it a lot more than a three and a half star movie. So it kind of went that extra mile. Um, and I'm really interested in watching the rest of the series now based on this. So yeah, it did that I for think, me, so. yes, I would see, I think the series is five star level and this mm-hmm. may be. There'd be a time maybe where I'd say it'd be four and a half. I don't think I would ever give this a five necessarily because the show truly takes you to heights. I mean, of course, the show, like, you get to know all of the characters. Like, J-Rock is a character, like, a Hugh and T are, like, big characters. And Corey and Trevor, of course, get wildly expanded on, like, every character. And then there's all these unseen characters, too, or people... Like when Lucy's giving a lap dance to that that big guy mm-hmm. or whatever, he's a big a big character. And then the skinny weird dude who uh, gets Julian and the uh, his girlfriend out of the bathroom stall or whatever. He's like, you can't be doing that in here. He's like yeah. that really awkward weird dude. He's the son of that guy who was getting the lap dance, and they're oh really? They're major. They're major characters, like especially in the later seasons, and they're always. Yeah, it's it is good. Like it, it seems like, um, I don't know. Well, I, I was about to say this because I don't actually. I think maybe they didn't take care of their people. I was gonna say maybe they took care of their people because from season one to this movie and stuff, like a lot of people are even like in crowd scene. There's a crowd scene in the first scene or in the last scene of the first episode, and a lot of people that be, will become bigger characters like seasons later and stuff are in that crowd wow. and stuff. But the guy who played Trevor, he was like a PA for the mm. entire run or something like, and like he, he left because he couldn't get a raise and stuff. It's wow. like, are you serious? It's like, he is like such a major character, dude. Like Cor- Trevor and Corey and Corey came back though, but Trevor yeah. never came back. I don't know. Wow. Uh, anyway, recommend, I, I recommendations. like it. I think, what do you, what do you got as far as recommendations based on this? Well, okay. We, we sort of mentioned this is a long rambling episode, but Hey guys, I feel like it's dense with, uh, you know, fun talk about lots of, we went down avenues of things. Maybe, I don't know. Um, we, 
the show is like full on mockumentary style. And this, there's like parts that like could never be a documentary, you know, but then they'll talk to the camera out of note and like, they don't yeah. do it that much. They do it a lot in the TV show. Yeah. Um, but if you like the, those kinds of movies, obviously this is Spinal Tap. I mean, and then it results vary with the rest of the guest stuff. But I think this is Spinal Tap for me is like a perfect beast. Like, yeah, it's that's a five star comedy. Am I yeah. all that's like one of my top favorite movies ever? Um, and then I just watched a, a Wayne's World recently. Mm-hmm. And I Wayne's World. I was joking with the dude I work with that like if we if the end of the world occurred and I was like wandering, you know, and I found like some day, like I could like I could like book of Eli style, like <laughs> write the script of Wayne's world, you know, like I, it would not be lost because like I truly have it in my brain completely. And I, I love Wayne's and I, to me, this sort of has that spirit of, yeah, still doing the documentary thing, but then not just being fast and loose with it and really in service of laughs and, you know, whatever. I mean, Wayne's world is another one that is a five star movie in my opinion. Uh, and this is not quite that good, but man, this is a really fucking funny, fun movie. And it has, it features people who live like in poverty and it doesn't, it's, there's no, it's very respect. It's just, they're the main characters. It's not like you can tell they really have affection for their characters and they're not. It's not at all punching down, you know. It's 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 good. I don't know. It's a fun world to live in when you get into that show. I don't know. I I was going to mention Wayne's World earlier, and that it's like that that movie. It seems you know it was a sketch, and so the movie is allowed to take the character into places where you never saw it in in on SNL. Whereas mm. Trailer Park Boys is a little bit of the opposite, where the 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 characters really live in that show. And you're kind of trying to give them a movie. And so you're trying to kind of fit all these like little elements of the show into the movie to Mm -hmm. kind of build that world that already exists and you get a little taste of it. So they're kind of opposite ends, but I totally see the relation to them, uh, to both of those. Um, If I were to recommend something, I would uh, recommend maybe the previous uh, biggest uh, influence or... or, um, uh, the biggest window into Canadian culture that we had maybe prior to the uh, Trailer Park Boys is, of course, Bob yep. and Doug McKenzie, uh, uh, Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. And they also had a uh, set of characters running a talk show on a sketch comedy show that they busted out into a movie called Strange Brew, uh, So, uh, which they also directed, I found out recently. They both directed that movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And it's a couple of dumbasses, uh, dumbass Canadian uh, dudes who are very lovable, and they love to hang out and drink beer. Yeah, and loosely based on Hamlet too. Yeah, and so it is like it's yeah, fucking it, hilarious. It's all about uh, going to a brewery and there's a ghost in a video game cabinet, and uh, Rick Moranis drinks a bunch of beer at one point and gets really big. Uh, it's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's kind of like uh, you miss Rick Moranis 
you think for like, you know, Ghostbusters or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but then you see Rick Moranis on SCTV, which is another Canadian export. There's an episode I watched mm. where there was one sketch where he was playing three different characters. Um, the dude is a real talent. Um, he could also sing if you ever watched uh, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. But Oh, yeah. I grew up watching that one, man. Yeah. Love that movie. But he and Dave Thomas are so funny, and it is so, I think, distinctly Canadian um, that, you know, if you haven't seen Strange Brew, definitely that is something to to check out if you haven't. But, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. And uh, what's also, we I think neither of us said Kids in the Hall. Like, oh, yeah, uh, Brain Candy or the show. Kids in the Hall. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've, I've pissed off uh, most of the members of the Kids in the Hall. <laughs> you have. Yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it happens. Yeah, this movie is way more, like, I don't know if it's his Brain Candy versus Trailer Park Boys the movie. I would say Trailer Park Boys the movie goes down so much smoother and stuff. And despite having, like, extremely... Uh, like, like a ton of f words and stuff. You know, it's probably like, well, it's still not for kids. I was gonna say, I'm just saying, like, between the two of them, you know. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, Brain Candy is a great movie. I, don't, I think, I, Brain, think I, would, like, I would probably rate it a half star higher. I think I'd probably ultimately give Brain Candy four and a half. Yeah. I really well, love Cancer Boy is one of the fucking <laughs> funniest things that ever happened in a movie, I think, you know. And then when the dad is trying to kill himself and he like keeps, he can't do it and he just like keeps shooting himself yeah. somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's like lots of good stuff. That The whole Kiss in the Hall, it seemed like it played very much more to like me directly in a way that like SCTV didn't, it felt like any of those edgier things that I was watching in my early teens, mm. you know, where like, I don't know, all my friends were watching, what was the equivalent of the CW at the time and talking about whatever those shows were. I'm like, oh no, there's like this other weird set uh, of television yeah, I don't know. right now that none of you are watching. So I have nobody to talk to about it. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, I was I was a kids in the hall when uh they were putting those out on DVD in like 2003 or 2004. I was like pre-ordering. I had all of them. Like I was. Well, it was on. It was on H. It was on HBO when it first ran in the states, and so I I couldn't see it. Like me either. And then I never had comedy like uh, in Ponca City. Never had Comedy Central mm. as part of their cable package. So. That's where I ended up seeing a lot of them. Like, I'd go to a friend's yeah. house and, like, they just have the TV on all day and watching Kids in the Hall. I mean, my introduction was Brain Candy on HBO and just being like, what the hell is this? This is really <laughs> dark, you know? But, like, I don't know. I got into it eventually. And then, yeah, once I could buy that, I just bought, I think I bought season one and I got, I just became obsessed with it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I love Kids in the Hall for sure. And I was always a news radio fan, so I knew Dave Foley, you know, yeah. and you know, Mark McKinney from SNL. He was on SNL and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Well, very cool, man. Anyway. Uh, that is, uh, <laughs> that's our Trailer Park Boys, the movie episode. We did it. Uh, Randy, you got anything going on? Um, 
No, not really. Everyone, be safe. God, I hope I hope, hope we're making progress on, you know. Hope we all get that vaccine and that helps. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope I that mean, helps things out. Fuck. Like, let's just like, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows where we'll be? Yeah. We're all in this together, you know. Treat people with respect and kindness and help yeah. people out. Have you have you had a test? Have you had a COVID no. test? I haven't either. I don't go anywhere, so I don't I don't need one. I don't see Yeah, anything. I haven't I haven't felt the need to get one because of how I have been going to work, but I'm really I'm literally around like the same two people all yeah. the, like you know and we always wear masks and stand at great distance from yeah. each other because we were in a very big building like it's uh, yeah no i i i haven't but thanks for putting me on blast no i mean i just i i haven't gotten a test either because again i go to the grocery store and then i come home uh-huh. and then i go to the mailbox and i come back into my house and then on, on mondays i take the trash out to the curb and then i come back inside <laughs> Occasionally yeah. I'll go into the backyard and I don't talk, I don't see anybody. A friend of mine came over today for about two minutes and, and, uh, I just, it's just me, me and the missus. So. Yeah. No, I only see one other, I only see one person without a mask on and it, she's also very cautious and yeah. stuff and it's like. And that's, you know, but I, yeah, I personally have always worn my mask outside. Unless I'm walking around at night outside. I mean, yeah, if you want to take your mask off outside, go find some place where nobody is. Yeah. Easy to do. Yeah. Unless you live in like New York City, but I don't know who I'm talking to that lives in New York City right now. I don't know who I'm talking to that has a problem with it, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people... Or like, oh, like people take their mask down to talk. It's like, what are you What's doing? What's the point? That's, it's like the biggest. No, so I take your mask down to like drink or something, but to talk, that's what your the mask is for is to catch yeah. all the shit you're churning out into the air through your lungs and stuff. And me too, for you. I mean, yeah. I live, you know, yeah, people, certain people respect common spaces and others don't and stuff yeah. and it is what it is but like these are the times we live in and I hope people will be just fucking use your heads a little bit yeah you know, so as as mad. as this is our New Year's episode as we mentioned off mic uh, we do wish you a happy new year happy new year we 2021 do where nothing bad will happen let's let's hope let's hope that 2021 is at least a little bit better than 2020 that we that we make the right decisions for each other i'm and hoping for at least 60 percent less mask wearing like if we can just i mean wouldn't it be god i just miss like being in a restaurant right i miss, I I miss mean, just like seeing like i do my my game show that we've been doing on zoom for for the last year almost. And, you know, I used to have uh, a show every month that I did at a venue and I miss doing that. I kind of miss seeing my coworkers, believe it or not. Um, or yeah, getting no, lunch. totally. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, man, performing, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm in that I'm, band. I'm, I kind of almost forget that I'm in a band. You yeah. Know? I'm in chat pile. 
and we were performing. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, I miss uh, that now. It's like, God damn. And I'm anxious to get back to that, but man, I don't want to do it until it's safe. You know? Um, well, me either, dude. And I won't. Yeah. You know, and I will, you know, if, if it's like a war of attrition, <laughs> like I'll, I, I can hold out for a long time. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, God damn though. It's just like, I don't know if I use that correct, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like you see people out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We got them here. We'll too. see what, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not, it's not just Oklahoma. I mean, I think everybody is not everybody, but every state has a lot of people that are fucking up big time right yep. now. Yeah. Our governor, uh, here in California thinks it's okay to go have a, have a sit down meal with a bunch of people at a fancy restaurant. So, um, that's what he did after telling I mean, everybody not to do that. It's, it's, you know, we got, you know, I know I follow you guys too. I know you're a governor. It's, he's, uh, Oh yeah. But you know, he's pretty bad. He's one I of mean, the worst there is. But the, the problem is that our governor is telling people not to do things and then going and doing them. It's, you know, so it's like, is that even, is that any? So it's sort of like what we were talking about in a previous episode, like American Ultra versus Commando. It's like, what yeah. do you prefer? Like, Seriously. Well. <coughs> not to, the, I not, apologize for comparing you. I hope my comparison made sense. I do not in any way mean Kevin Stitt is in any way as cool or badass as the movie Commando, but he is. Uh, see, naked. I was saying it the other way around. That like, you know, we he's have, nakedly. He, he's we actually had conservative. We actually had Arnold Schwarzenegger as as the governor here. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I was thinking more like this is a guy who's like, no, I'm like on your side and stuff. But then he actually, it's still the results the same. But oh yeah, he's like acting like he's your buddy, whereas Kevin Stitt is like, fuck you, bitch, you know, and just like, yep. I mean, I hate them both. They're how, all bad. How, how popular is that guy? I don't know, dude. I mean, I, just, I could say, I, only, I only read stuff. I could say wildly Roger. unpopular, but that's, I mean, I talked to, again, I talked to, you know, the dudes in my band, yeah. a couple dudes I work with, and my girlfriend and my mom, and that's, and you, and that's it. Yeah. And then maybe a few other friends, well, you know what I mean? But like, you know, through, I don't like... We're not ever hanging out, and so I don't know. But, like, also, I've never heard anyone say good things about him, but what what I mean is I think, you know, he got voted in, so. Yeah, you're stuck <laughs> I, with him. I think I'm sure there's people out there who are like, he's doing a good job, you know, just like, okay, man, like, whatever. Whatever. Well. Indeed. Happy New Year, Randy. Happy New Year. We rambled on this episode. Yes, we Quite did. A ramble of an episode. Hey, but that's what Pro you're. Our boys. You get what you're paying for on this show. You get what you're paying for, man. It's Sunday. I've had a little bat blue or two. Yep. All right, Randy. Canadian style. All right, uh, Big Willie. I'll see you. The Willennium. And the uh, the Willennium of 2021. <laughs> every every ten years, it's a new Willennium. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. All right. Yeah, I, I do wish the Millennium Bug had taken us all out in 2000. Maybe we would have ah, no We would have gone out partying, man. Pre-9-11. I mean, I, mean, I guess we would have. I was like 15, I'd be like, fuck yeah, man. I'm out of high school. and like. Do you think you really had achieved? 
I that's not. Oh, me at nineteen? You think? Oh, you? I I don't know if you knew me at nineteen. I did. I think. Well, no, I didn't. You knew the asshole I was at (laughs) nineteen. That was. That's not where I. If I had to choose a time to cap my life off, would not be the year two thousand. True. Anyway, all right, Randy. We've rambled enough on this one. I'll talk to you next week. Ramble in. Ramble (laughs) on. All right. (laughs) Later. See you.